Good morning, everybody. And uh, good morning to those of you who are uh, here in person, and good morning to those who are watching online as well. Um, if you're watching online, write, write to us. Let us know that you're there, and tell us where you're at if you're away. We would love to come uh, leave right after the service and come visit you, especially if you're at the beach. So um, August the 10th, we are going to... Um, it's the first day of school is August the 10th, and we're going to have uh, back to school with the youth group at Barone's Pizza. It's going to be awesome. We do that every year. It's a tradition. August the 17th, our wonderful Wednesdays are back, which is amazing. Pastor Sam's world-famous uh, Bible studies back. The children will be back in full swing with Catherine, and the youth will be back in full swing. Dinner at 5.15 that Wednesday, August the 17th. Uh, and then we also have our ice cream social at 6.30. You can't beat it. I think, Harry, you might even have a class that night. Harry Murray's going to have a class that Wednesday night, maybe in competition with Pastor Sam's class. So it's going to be great. You don't want to miss Wonderful Wednesdays coming back. You'll notice there's a rose on the altar. This is uh, for Charles Edward Teddy Watts. Um, so in our ELC, we're always having new babies born with uh, parents Blake and Lindsay and big sister Eleanor. And you'll also notice we have other flowers up here. Um, these are in memory and in honor of Mike McCartney, whose service was yesterday. Um, Sunday, August the 14th, so two weeks from now, we're going to be blessing the backpacks here in, in both services. We're doing that the, the Sunday after school has started because we want everybody to be here back in town. And we want to pray for our teachers too that Sunday. It's going to be great. We wanted to say thank you to everyone who helped pack shoeboxes and brought back all those stockings for the Salvation Army. Thank you. And if you did not bring your Salvation Army stocking back, they were due. But you know what? Christmas is not until December. So listen, I'm going to let it slide, all right? But bring them back as soon as possible. Um, and I just wanted to say, too, that uh, Liz and Grace Kelly— um, Grace Kelly's coming to bring clothes today. I think she's coming to second service. I think Liz will be here at second service. They're moving to Auburn. So I want to pray for them today too. Is that all right? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we pray for our college kids who are getting, away, getting ready to move away for college. Uh, we pray that you will bless them, keep them safe. We pray for their families. And God, right now we pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go. Come, let us worship our King. 
Good morning. Y'all may be seated, except for our kids that are going to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church. So they'll be excited to do that. Are you excited to be here today? I am. I'm excited to worship with our, our Facebook Live, live streaming worshipers today, wherever you are and whoever you are, whomever you are. We're glad that you're worshiping with us. Um, we have a, a, a chance over the next two months to, to learn some things together. You may have gotten a, a letter and a survey in the mail. If you haven't, maybe you will um, soon. Over the next two months, we're going to be learning some things, and we're going to be praying a lot. And it's all about uh, the things that are going on in our denomination right now. Uh, we're coming to the point at the end of September where we'll have a fork in the road, and we have to decide if we're going to stay in the United Methodist Church or if we're going to unite with another denomination. And you say, well, Pastor Sam, I don't know anything about that. Well, that's what the next two months are for, to learn. And if you don't know a lot about it, you may be in better shape than people who think they do, because you may have to unlearn some things if you, think, if you think that you already know a lot about it. But the purpose of this is to, to learn together, to pray together, and to, to make a decision with all the information we can based on the integrity of who Gadsden First United Methodist Church is and wants to be in the future going forward. The fir we'll have a series of speakers. We have three speakers that are coming in. The first one will be August 21st on a Sunday night. And live stream folks, you can watch too. We're having all of our speakers in here so that if you can't be here that night, then you can participate uh, in that way. You have questions, you'll get to answer them. Everybody is invited to take a survey and let us know what you want to know, right? Uh, because we don't want to scratch where it's not itching. We want to know what you want to know. And we'll do our best to, to, to get that information to you. So, maybe we didn't want to be in this spot, but this is the spot we're in, right? And uh, we'll, we'll do the best we can. We've got great leadership here. Well, I mean... But uh, we do have great, that was supposed to be kind of funny, y'all. We have great lay leadership here, and we have uh, wise, smart people that want to pray and do the right thing, and, and we'll do it, right? Okay, so I know you'll have questions over, over the time, but Pastor Andy and I will, um, and uh, lay leadership, uh, will we'll do the best we can to do that, all right? And then we're going to bring in... Our first speaker, I'll just go ahead and let you know, is, is Reverend Monica Harbarger. She is the executive director of United Counseling. And you say, well, why are we having the director of United Counseling come in to be our first speaker? Because we need to know how to talk to each other without getting mad if we disagree, right? Because feelings get hurt if people feel passionately about something. And we need to, to know how to go through this whole thing with love and grace and respect for each other, don't we? So Monica is an expert in that, and she's going to help us to begin this process uh, the right way and to stay on track in that way. hope you'll participate in all of this. And if you say, oh, my goodness, we're going to be talking about controversial things. I don't want anything. You need to be more engaged and not less engaged. You see, you see what I mean? If you have somebody that's like, oh, I'm just fed up with this. I'm not. No, you need to be more engaged as a part of this process. Everybody's gonna be heard, you know? Everybody's gonna get to answer, ask their, their question. Everybody's gonna get a chance to hear their, let their voice be heard, okay? Because that's just the way we're gonna do things. That's the right way to do things. Um, all that being said, let's take up an offering. Yes, we do, in the meantime, need to support our church and and again, don't, you know, don't get mad, quit giving. Give now more than, than ever because we need to keep these ministries going. Great thing about this church is through all of this, our missions is just, is just killing it. Our children's program, our youth program, our, our journey groups, our studies together, everything is just rocking right along. Let's keep it rocking, y'all, right? Okay, I didn't mean to start preaching now, but uh, let's, let's keep it going. Let's keep supporting our church. It's important, y'all. It's important. Keep going. All right.
All right, let's pray. Lord, this is a good time to stop and pray um, because the focus of all this needs to be on you. Uh, because God, we, we're human and we, we have feelings and we get our feelings hurt sometimes. We say things that we probably shouldn't have ought to said. And we sometimes take things personally that we probably shouldn't have ought to took personally. And sometimes we get mad and we pout. But God, you know that we love you and we want to do what you want us to do. And that's kind of the bottom line for, for everybody here. This church has a history of doing that. And I'm fully confident, Lord, that you can do all things and you can help us get through uh, whatever rough patch this happens to, to bring us. Um, we, we live through a pandemic, for heaven's sake, Lord. We can get through this. So be with us. Guide us. Holy Spirit, just cover all of this with your healing balm and bring us your peace. Um, as those give their time and their service and as, as we keep mission focused uh, through all this process, I pray, Lord, that people can give cheerfully and generously and that you will take what we give and use it and bless it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's pro- 
Welcome to the Gadsden House of Revival, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. That is, you know, we got the, we had the Hammond B3 organ going back there, I don't know, and the, and the Paisley Telecaster going up here. Man, no, I mean, seriously, um, the, the praise band brought out some, some new um, praise jams this morning, didn't they? Don't they do a great job, y'all? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be looking at Luke chapter 12 today, will be our gospel, and uh, words are going to be up on the, uh, the screen for you, and hear these words that Jesus spoke in Luke 12, verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich God, the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was a kid, one Saturday, my mom uh, didn't want to leave me at the house alone. I don't know why. I wouldn't have done anything bad. But anyway, she took me with her to the beauty shop. Any of you little kids ever go with mama to the beauty shop? I didn't, well, part of me didn't like to go because it smelled. I mean, that perm solution back in the in the 60s was strong stuff and and there was just a bunch of a bunch of old people there just just talking chatting it wasn't a place that a young boy would like to go but it was close to my uncle Jake's farm and that was heaven for a little boy because my uncle Jake was was cool he had all kinds of fun stuff to look at he was a hunter, and he was a trapper. At one time, he had in his barn a bobcat in a cage that he had caught. Now, he took it and released it somewhere far away, but that was the first time I understood that a bobcat is not one of those here kitty kitty kind of, of cats because that thing scared me. I ran from the barn, and it was in a cage. He also had a bunch of coon dogs because he was a coon hunter to um, the nth degree. He was, have any of y'all ever heard of Coon Dog Cemetery? If you're of Alabama, okay. My Uncle Jake has two dogs, two grand champion dogs that, were, that are buried in Coon Dog Cemetery. That's how, I mean, serious coon dogs. Uh, so he had these coon dogs in this, in this place and uh, my mom said, look, you go, go whatever, just don't, uh, just don't get too close to those dogs because, look, those are not to be messed with. Um, I said, okay, well, that's the first place I went, right? Right? I mean, come on. And um, my Uncle Jake had a sign there that said, beware of the dogs. I'm like, yeah, beware of the dogs. They got chains. I mean, how, how bad could it be? Well, I underestimated how long the chains were, and I ended up getting dog bit on the back of my calf. Not, not bad, but bad enough to break the skin, bad enough that I had to go to the doctor and get a tetanus shot, which was the worst punishment that I could have had to do because I hated getting shots. Beware of the dogs. That was a warning. That was a warning I should have paid attention to but I didn't, and I paid the price. 
You know, warning labels are there for a reason, right? I came across a warning, a, a website recently that had warning labels that just kind of made you wonder why these warning labels had to be put in place. One, I, I'll just share a couple of them. This one was on a wheelbarrow, you know, just a regular wheelbarrow. It said, warning, not intended for highway use. I mean, I guess you have to have the motorized one for that one. This is, this I think may be my favorite. This one's on a baby stroller. Warning, remove child before folding. That parent was having a bad day is all I got to say. This one's for Pastor Andy. This one was on the side of an 18-wheeler trailer that was uh, a Chipotle restaurant trailer. You know, the Tex-Mex restaurant that I wish we had one in town, but we don't. And on the side of the truck that was pulling that trailer said, uh, notice, drivers do not carry burritos. Don't hijack that truck, Andy. Um, oh, this is the last one. I got to tell you this one. This was on a dishwasher. Warning, do not allow children to play in the dishwasher. Come on now. That was put on there for some reason. Probably some kid that was left at home and said, baby sister needs a bath. Into the dishwasher we go, right? So you wonder what knuckleheads made those warning labels necessary. And you know what? It's us. It's people like you and me. We need warning labels. Life needs warning labels. Don't you wish that sometimes life had warning labels? Well, maybe it does because there were times that Jesus said, beware, warning, watch out. I'll just give you a couple of places from the Sermon on the Mount, right? And these are warning labels. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are, are inwardly are ravenous wolves. Beware. Well, how will we know, Jesus? You'll know them by their fruits, he says. Well, what fruits are we talking about? Well, any, what a fruit is just an outward manifestation of what's going on on the inside of a tree or a bush or a person, Right? The fruit of the Spirit is, is love, joy, peace, but, but love, first and foremost. First um, John 4, 7 and 8 says that the one that does not know love does not know God because God is love. So I would say, when it comes to prophets, that any prophet whose message looks like hate and doesn't look like love is a false prophet who's a wolf dressed up as a sheep. Warning. You say, well, whoo, I'm glad I'm not a prophet. Well, okay, Jesus doesn't let any of us off the hook in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, uh, here, here's the second one. He says, beware, and, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Uh, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So for all of us, I say all of us, uh, us gathered here today, you listen there today, who are trying to live a life in such a way that it pleases God, a godly life, which includes doing deeds of righteousness, good deeds. Beware of doing those just to be seen. To beware of doing those to be seen by other people um, because you don't get any credit for that. You're doing it for yourself, you see. Beware of coming to worship uh, just to be seen. To be seen by others rather than to worship God. Beware. Now, why would Jesus phrase it like that? Why would he say warning? Why would he say beware, look out, watch out? Well, warnings are given in general because somebody did something. Somebody did something and, and that person got hurt. Or someone else got hurt. And so warnings, warning labels, warning signs are, are really uh, signs of love, aren't they? Especially when they come from God because God loves his children and he doesn't want us to get hurt. Somebody did something and they did it wrong and they got hurt by it. Other people got hurt by it. So warning, don't do that. 
You know, don't get bitten by your Uncle Jake's coon dog. Look at the sign. So the gospel lesson today has a warning label. Jesus says, watch out. And here's the context of the warning label. Verse 13, somebody came up to Jesus from the crowd and said, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Verse 13, oh my goodness, what do people fight over more than anything else? Money. Grandma can leave behind uh, uh, a tea pitcher and um, a rub board and, and everybody will fight over it. Or a million dollars and people will fight even harder. So why are they coming to Jesus? Well, in Jesus' day, it was not uncommon for, for people to come to a famous rabbi to have uh, disagreements settled. And the rabbi would talk to them and would kind of sort things out. And this guy thought, okay, Jesus is a famous rabbi. He'll tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, I'm not getting mixed up in your fight over money. Who made me an arbiter over you? I'm not getting mixed up in that. Why do people, money, y'all, crimes are committed, right? Crimes are committed, friendships are destroyed, marriages break up, families don't speak to each other, all of that because of money. Maybe money should have a warning label on it, right next to in God we trust, warning. And maybe that warning would say what Jesus said in verse 15, warning, watch out, beware, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, against all kinds of greed. Why? Because a person's life doesn't consist of the abundance of his possessions. Watch out, children. You could get hurt. Somebody else could get hurt. People are getting hurt. Watch out. Beware. I'll bet you know this scripture. I bet you've heard it misquoted too. I'll bet you know it though. I'm going to see if you do. So get ready to, to, to say something. Okay? The love of money is the root of all yeah, y'all knew that. I mean, sometimes people misquote that and say money is the root of all evil, but that's not what 1 Timothy chapter 6 says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And it goes on to say, in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Now remember what warning labels are there for. They're there because somebody did something and they got hurt. Or someone else got hurt. So, therefore, a warning label. And so Jesus tells a story about something like this that happened. It's often called the parable of the rich fool. So there was this rich fool. Did being rich make him a fool? No. Nothing wrong with having money. Uh, it's, it's your attitude about that that makes you a fool or wise. So, um, here's what happened to the rich fool. Here's the lesson that we can learn from the parable of the rich fool, summed up in just one little sentence. The fool was a fool, the rich fool was a fool, not because he prospered, but because he lived a life that never saw beyond himself. And that kind of life is incompatible with Christianity. He lived a life that was just focused on him. And how I know that is if you look at this parable, you'll never see another parable in the Bible that has more I, me, my, mine. Well, let's, let's just, let's look at it again. Listen to what the guy said. What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns. I will build bigger ones. I will store up all my grain, my goods. I'll say to myself, self, you have plenty. It, you see what I mean? It's just I, me, my, my. It never occurred to him to look beyond himself. It never occurred to him to think, I've got all of this abundance. Maybe I could be a blessing to somebody else. It never occurred to him. Philippians 2 says, let this mind be in you. In other words, think this way. Think the way Jesus thought. Let the mind of Christ be in you. How did Jesus think? He 
he emptied himself he gave himself away even to death on the cross this rich fool was a fool because he had the reverse you see the reverse of the mind of Christ instead of giving away himself he hoarded to himself instead of blessing others with his abundance he turned his abundance in on himself and it became a curse to him his very soul was required of him because of his attitude toward his abundance he didn't get all of that it was all a gift from God I mean he was a farmer he did the work but we can make stuff grow. God does. Okay. Can I give you a John Wesley quote? What kind of Methodist preacher would I be if I didn't give you a John Wesley quote every now and then? Here's what John Wesley said about money. Money never stays with me. I'm like, me either, John. But that's not what he was talking about. He meant in his hands. Money never stays with me. He said it would burn me if it did. I throw it out of my hands as soon as possible, lest it should find its way into my heart. Ah, he got it. Watch out. Warning. Beware. Beware against all kinds of greed. Now, doesn't that make you think that there's more than just one kind of greed here? All kinds of greeds. Doesn't that imply that maybe it's not just greed over material possession? Maybe it's something more than that? Jesus was talking to a crowd of people. Not everybody in that crowd would have had a lot of things to be greedy over, a lot of possessions. Many of them would have just been day to day, right? Hand to mouth. But there's all kinds of greed. All kinds of greed. And I want to I wanna give you something to chew on today. I want to give you a, a different kind uh, of greed that, that most everybody in the crowd would have had to beware of. And that, that is to be greedy over God's love, mercy, and grace. And you say, well, what are you even talking about, Pastor Sam? That's confusing. How can you be greedy over God's love, mercy, and grace? If you drill down to the meaning of the word greed... I mean, if you see what the word actually means, here's what it means. And if you're a note taker, write this down. You know who you are. The word actually means aggressive covetousness and a desire for advantage. Aggressive covetousness and a desire for advantage. It's the idea that there's only so much to go around. And I want to aggressively take advantage and get as much as I can because you know what? I deserve it more than everybody else does. So I'm going to get all that I can. And many people in that crowd, when it comes to God's love, mercy, and grace, believe that God's love, mercy, and grace was for them, you see, and their small circle. And they thought, well, there's only so much to go around, and we deserve it more than everybody else so we're going to be aggressively covetous for it. We're going to take advantage of it. And that's what we want to do. We want to corner the market, you see, on God's love, mercy, and grace. There's only so much to go around, and we're going to get all of it because it never occurred to them that maybe there's enough of God's love, mercy, and grace to be extended to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Uh, or to women or to foreigners or to tax collectors or to people with physical disabilities or people who had diseases you get the idea when what is infinite God's love mercy and grace is infinite you can't build a great big barn and hoard it all to yourself can you Oh, you can be greedy and, and, and you can say to yourself, I'm just going to build a big old barn and I'm going to take all of it and stockpile it for myself and just me and my little bunch and then we're all going to sit and say, look, we're God's favorites. Look at all of this. Love, mercy, and grace we've got. Let's all just eat, drink, and be merry because we're God's favorite and we're very certain that our way of looking at things is the right way that's a kind of greed for which our souls will be held accountable. 
beware. Don't take the warning label out of the gospel. Don't take the warning label because being greedy is a whole attitude. It, it's, it's a whole way of, of not trusting God to be enough. Not just for us, but for everybody. Not trusting God. Being greedy over anything. Being greedy over possessions might make you rich in possessions, but it won't make you rich toward God. Being greedy over God's love, mercy, and grace might make you popular among those who think the same way as you do, but it won't make you rich toward God. Warning labels. They exist because people like us are prone to misuse things and hurt ourselves and hurt other people. Brothers and sisters, the warning labels are there for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us enough to, telling us, to tell us to, to watch out, to beware. Because um, we're, we're prone to wander away, aren't we? After all, we're your sheep and you're our shepherd and we're prone to wander away. There's a, a reason we ask you to lead us. So God, we repent over our attitude toward the things for which we are greedy. And we ask you to help us to see beyond ourselves into the lives of others because you are more than enough for us. You're more than enough, Lord. Help us to trust you in that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand together as we worship?
And now to the one who is able to keep you from falling, to the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, to him be all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.